What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Dimwich on Dirt. I'm your host, Evan McCrory. It is May 2nd, 2023. Thanks for coming back for another one. We had a wild-ass night at Lawrence County. They were running for 4,000 with the Thunder Bombers and the Red Eubanks Memorial. They got a couple of their main events in, but they're going to be running some double shows on so the front-wheel drives, cadets, and a couple other classes. And we are going to be going to Lancaster this upcoming weekend with Ultimate. And there's also a chance I'll be making it to Traveler's Rest for the Carolina Sprint Tour race, depending on how things are looking. I'm going to keep you guys updated on Twitter and Instagram. And, yeah, this week's guest is going to be George Laux. He won two weeks ago at Sumter Speedway in the Carolina Sprint Tour. Uh, he has a long career on life and racing. He worked for Casey Kane. Uh, he's currently working for a NASCAR team, uh, working in the truck series. So he's usually out of town working in the NASCAR industry. But when he's not obligated by that, he's out running his own sprint car and having a ball doing it with Sean and the people at the lovely Carolina Sprint Tour. And uh, awesome conversation with him. Can't wait for you guys to hear it. And uh, before we get into it, I want to shout out Reaper Apparel Company for coming on and helping me out a little bit. Uh, they have some awesome apparel, just promoting uh, open mind, live free lifestyle, live your life however you want to do it. And if you go to reaperapparelco.com and find something you like, use the code DOOMWICH, D-U-N-E-W-I-C-H, at checkout for 10% off. It'll help me out a little bit. And let's get into the interview with George. This week's guest was the winner at Sumter Speedway a few weeks ago in the Carolina Sprint Tour, George Lukes. How you doing? Great. How are you? Awesome. So let's uh, go ahead and talk about Sumter. You got your first career Carolina Sprint Tour win. How did that race night go, and how does it feel? Uh, it, uh, the, the week leading up to it, I actually was telling my wife that um, this is the, the most confident I've ever been going into a race. Um, for me as a driver, um, yeah, I worked at, worked at Casey Kane racing for quite a few years and, uh, um, won a few races up there, you know, working on a car in the URC stuff up in Pennsylvania. Um, but as far as me driving, I was really confident. We had some motor issues and leading up to it. And I felt like we got them figured out and spent a little time over the winter trying to make the car a little bit better. And uh, I, I was really feeling confident. And then we unloaded for hot laps, had a little rain shower. Um, uh, we, we ran hot laps and just didn't feel like we were that bad. But the time showed we were pretty bad. And I was a little, a little nervous. But um, we, we just stuck to our guns and just changed gear a little bit. And everything else we kind of just left alone. And, uh, you know, all, all worked out in our favor. Um, heat race went our way we had we had uh got the uh got the lead at the heat in the heat race and drove away and i felt pretty good but they said i was actually really really good so um gave me even more confidence leading up to the feature and same thing in the feature i started outside pole and uh jake jake mclean he's a he's a good friend of mine he started on he started on um and you know we uh uh, he's, he's the leading win. He's the win leader in the Carolina sprint tour. So I knew it was going to be tough. And if I was saying to myself, if we finished top three, I'd be happy. And, you know, I got the lead going in turn one and drove away and I felt like he was right behind me. I didn't hear him, but I just felt pressure and, uh, had a caution fly come out. And honestly, like I just kind of gained my, you know, gained my composure a little bit and just realized that I had a really good car and, as long as the uh, as long as the driver didn't mess up this week, then we had a good shot and it ended up working out. So it was a really really fun night, you know, from start to finish. Didn't really change much on the car and it just worked out. Yeah, it's awesome to hear you say you struggled a little bit and was able to progress through the night and it ended up just working out your way. What did you think about Sumter Speedway? Was that your first time running there? Yeah, it was actually the first time I've ever seen the place. Um, it's pretty cool. It's got it's got some really fun shape to it. It does. Uh, I, I like the little bit of shape it has on the backstretch. Yeah, yeah. So I grew, I grew up, um, I grew up racing or working on a race car, watching races at New Egypt Speedway up in up, uh, up not upstate New York, um, up in New Jersey, and that that's a D-shaped um, racetrack there. So um, I learned a lot about how to drive one of those, how, how to drive on a track like that. I raced a 305 up there quite a bit um, before I did the Outlaw Tour. 
And, you know, it, it was always challenging because, you know, there's so many different lines you can choose on it with a D-shape um, racetrack. So um, just being able to, you know, maneuver the car around and, you know, even, like I said, I didn't feel, you know, we felt like we struggled a little bit, but the car felt okay. But I was able to change my line a little bit just using the, the shape of the track to make the car better. Um, as far as like opening up the entry and, and coming off the corner straighter, not really worrying about a wall being there or anything like that. So it was cool. It's, you know, it's, uh, it was a bit aggressive on tires. Um, it, you, you just walk around, you feel the sand in the track, but you know, it's just another character mm-hmm. of a racetrack, you know, you gotta, it's the same track for everybody and you have to uh, overcome it and be the best. I really think it's a good uh, track for the Carolina Sprint Tour. It's a bull ring. It's still got a decent little bit of banking. It's got the cool D shape on the backstretch. Uh, I, I enjoy it as a racing surface. They just upgraded their lights. Uh, the facilities, being honest, they could be a smidge better, but it, you're kind of in the middle of nowhere. Uh, but going back to your Casey Kane racing days, how did that start and what teams were you on and what did you do with them? Uh, I think I worked for every driver since Joey Saldana there. Um, um, I, uh, in 2000, I started racing kind of micro looking things up there and, or kind of things up in Pennsylvania and raced the 305 and raced against, uh, Brian Carver, who, uh, was really good up there. Still is good in a micro and stuff up there. Um, but his brother, Michael Carver worked for Casey Kane racing. Um, they all grew up in the same town I grew up in. And, uh, you know, I, I've come to the realization that I was working, you know, 60 hours a week just to, you know, not only pay bills, but pay for my sprint car race. And I was like, man, it'd be a lot nicer mm-hmm. to aid me. And then I went sprint car racing. So, you know, you come to the realization that you're not going to be the next Kyle Larson or AJ Foyt. So you, you get out of the cockpit and you start working on them and, um, I, I told Brian, I said, Hey, if your brother ever knows of anything down there, you know, let me know. And in 2014, I got a call and, uh, was working on Brad sweets car, his rookie year. Um, had a lot of highs and lows that year. We had five wins. I think first, first outlaw race I was ever a part of as a, you know, a full-time crew member. We won at Volusia, which was really cool. Um, but then we also split a car in half three months later. (laughs) So Um, but then the next night Brad broke his, Brad broke his foot or feet in that race. Um, and then the next night we, we, you know, drove through the night and pulled it back up out and, uh, went out to Beaver Dam that night and won. And that was just like the, the best way to, best way to, to forget the night before. And then, you know, being a part of, uh, Brad's deal. And then I, I went back to New York for three years, um, worked at Troyer race cars, um, building selling being technical support for asphalt and dirt modifieds and uh then just realized that my passion was you know being full-time on the competitive side of racing so i told my then fiance that i wanted to move south and you know she was cool as all get out and uh you know i called up um casey's brother kale came and asked him if he had something available and he's like yep absolutely so um ended up working with cody dara for a little bit right or right before that and came back down and started working on darren Pittman's car in 2017 and then wanted to come off the road because the wife and i just got married and uh uh 2018 i drove casey's bus to all of the nascar races when he was in the 95 car mm-hmm and then uh, I also, uh, I guess you could say, crew chiefed his number four yellow Ollie sprint car that we ran that year part time, um, and that was that was pretty fun. A lot of uh, a lot of one on one time, you know, getting him back into the seat more, you know, being away from Hendrick, and uh, you know, we were super competitive at Grandview and Attica and quite a few racetracks we went to. Just could never seal the deal, but it was a lot of fun. And then, uh, yeah, I just got into the NASCAR world after that realize i should probably be home more you know i i didn't know pretty much uh most of that stuff i did like a little bit of a deep dive tried to find out uh found out you worked at casey can that uh all that stuff but that's a that's a really cool journey from first being at casey kane and uh well even before that running micros and that stuff in pennsylvania uh what, what was your home track in pennsylvania or the area you grew up, you grew up in so I grew up in southeastern Pennsylvania, a little town called uh, Campbellsville. Um, but 
there wasn't there was a bunch of tracks within two hours but there was nothing really close so i didn't really have a home track i guess you could say um i watched the most races and went to the most races at new egypt speedway which is about two hours north in new jersey um but bridgeport speedway i've been to a bunch and grandview speedway and uh lincoln and williams grove i i every series that i've been a part of has been a traveling series i've never been um, never been one to just want to stay at the same track every week. I like the challenge of getting, getting to a new track and seeing what changed. What would you say is your, probably your favorite personal favorite track in that Pennsylvania, New Jersey area? Oh man. I mean, I know it's hard to get, there's just so many of them. Yeah. Go out in Western PA too. I just, uh, I like the way Lernerville races. I think that's a cool joint. I love um, Lernerville. It's uh, it's pretty fun. I, we've had a few good runs there. Um, I think we won one or two there, but it's it's just super racy. Um, I it's hard to beat Lincoln. Lincoln's you know super racy, but Port you have to have a really good driver and good setup. I don't know. There's just so many positives and negatives about each track. Um, you know Bridgeport when it was a big fast five ace mile and it wasn't really that much fun. You just needed motor and there was no small wreck there. You know, it was always, always big. And, um, they changed it to this new configuration and, you know, I feel like if they get their, their clay to where it's not, you know, rough and it's also not eating tires every night you go out, you go out onto the racetrack. I think that'd be fun. Um, like I said, I grew up at new Egypt speedway and Rick Grosso owned the speedway then and sold it. And then he just bought it back this year and, it's sounding like it's the old new egypt so i want to go race there again um just for memories and old time's sake but i it's hard to pick grandview is probably the coolest track as far as like um changing track conditions and ability to move around and you know you could have a 40 lap sprint car race there and it goes from the bottom to the top to the bottom to the middle it doesn't matter you know it's it's pretty fun to race through lap traffic there i don't there's just so many good tracks up there honestly i agree uh, random i was actually at Lernerville in 2021 when brad won the silver cup i don't know if you were there for that uh, I, I was not but that was a fun night to watch i was watching it <laughs> yeah it, uh i remember because i believe the checker flag was at like 9 23 p.m they were trying to rush the show up uh, i remember that especially because <clears throat> cy lynch had the pole and just pulled away just yarded everybody and then ended up just falling off a cliff and ended up uh, going back, finishing like a lap down in 16th. But I remember checker flag was at 9.23, and then it started pouring rain at 9, like a minute later, 9.24, whatever it was. Yeah. Uh, Lernerville's one of my favorite facilities in the whole uh, country, honestly. Uh, I love just the look of it with the trees in the background with just no, uh, no wall except for the front stretch. Uh, I like the way the pits are set up there. I like the way it races, uh, when, especially when they're able to actually build a good cush up there up top. Yeah, absolutely. It gets really, it, it gets kind of, kind of ledgy there coming out of four and might suck you into the wall. It's actually, uh, there and Attica's are one of the two tracks that are notorious for, uh, for grabbing right rears coming out of turn four, just because it, it kind of has a reverse banking and mm -hmm. fall off of that, man, it just sucks you in. There's nothing you can do as a driver at that point. You know, you already made the mistake. You just got to eat it, you know? Um, but those, those are cool tracks um, for sure. Uh, what are you doing this day, uh, these days for like normal work uh, when you're not racing? Uh, I'm racing. <laughs> oh, racing. I'm oh, just doing that or. Uh... No, uh, I, I'm a, uh, front end mechanic on a nascar truck that uh races in the uh you know craftsman truck series so um you know when i when i go to when i wake up in the morning i go work on race cars and when i come home from work i work on my race car and uh go to bed and wake up and work on a race car again it's just uh it's a, it's a sickness and you know it's it's fun it's just that's all my brain is turned on to it seems <laughs> like you wouldn't want it any other way though <laughs> wouldn't you <laughs> It's uh, it's tiresome at times, you know. There's definitely times where you get frustrated because, you know, you 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 know, I feel like my my sprint car definitely should be performing better, but just me not being in the car that much because I have to, you know, my day job is traveling to the racetrack with the truck series too. Mm -hmm. So, um, not you know, only being able to race eight ten times a year, um, it definitely makes me lack on the talent level, um. 
but I, that's, that's my deal is like, I, I just want to make sure that when that 48 G goes to the racetrack, it is as best as it can be. I mean, I have great parts on it. I have a uh, great motor. I have, I mean, I do a lot of thinking about setups and stuff because when I get to the racetrack, I don't want to be struggling as far as a car. I, I want the weakest link to be me. Mm-hmm. And, you know, because I, I just, it's not worth my time to have this to only race eight times, eight, 10 times a year and, you know, have something break. Then you're, you know, then you lose 10% of your race season because a part broke or something like that. So um, I try to be as prepared as we can be. And my crew guys have that same mentality that, you know, we don't get to do it much, but they're here damn near every week drinking my beer and um, make the car faster. So it's. Mm-hmm. So you only get to race eight, 10 times a year. What's, what's it looking like? It's going to be your next race. You're going to be able to make it to when, when you're not going to be doing, fulfilling your truck duties. Um, I unfortunately can't race this weekend at Traveler's Rest, which it, it sounds like it's going to be a, a, a pretty nice race. Um, I think uh, I, last heard they were expecting about 16, 18 cars, something like that. That's so, field. Um, but uh, I wish I could go to that one, but I can't. I got to be in Kansas. Um, I believe the next race that I can hit is going to be Livonia Speedway which is uh, May 27th, I think it is. It's a Saturday of Charlotte race weekend. We race the trucks on Friday, and then uh, the sprint car race is on Saturday. Livonia is really a racy track. I, I don't know how it is in the sprint cars. I haven't seen them run there before. I was there a little over a week ago for the Carolina Clash late mile race. And uh, just a little warning, if I'm correct, based off what I've seen, there's a little bump on the low side going into one. So you're going to see everybody rolling high side in one. You don't want to get caught on the inside lane on a restart. <laughs> no, that's good to know. I appreciate that's it. That's what I've heard. But uh, Benji Hicks won that one. He was up there just pounding the cushion, just able to get past everybody. I saw uh, one of those guys flip. Uh, that was my first time out to that track as well. I like I like that place. It's just it's like it's too far for me. I'm in I'm in Columbia, South Carolina, so. Gotcha. I'm I'm kind of just going all over the place to get to these places covering Carolina Sprint Tour, the, some of the late mall series, and even the front wheel drives. Uh, going pretty far to see those, so gotcha. having fun with that part of it. So uh, I was talking to Sean yesterday, and uh, he wants me to come up Travelers Rest Friday, and I'm like, I'll see what time I get off work, man. I'd love to, obviously, but yeah, there sucks. Sucks you'll be in Kansas. Yeah, I know it's uh, it's tough because I, you know, <clears throat> I feel like with the years on the outlaw tour, one of my strong suits is if you do go to a new track, I feel like I can pick it up fairly quickly. I can, you know, I can take a really good guess at gear and I can take a good guess at setup and just get, get the car into the ballpark and have me, like I said before, have me be the weak link where, you know, you got guys who have notebooks and they just run out of their notebooks and they get to a new track and they're kind of lost. I feel like that's one of my stronger suits is just learning quickly, you know? So it's, Thinks I can't go to a new track like that, but you know, it, it, hopefully in time I'll be able to hit more and more races throughout the years. Okay. Uh, speaking of people that's able to adjust very well at a new racetrack in a sprint car, Anthony Macri, he won, was it about almost, uh, it was last week, he won at 34 Raceway in Iowa and it was his first time there. Uh, what uh, talented guys like that, drivers like that, are just able to get into a new place, even if it kind of reminds them not all tracks are alike or even close. So what do you have to, what does that say about like some of the talent in these upper level 410 drivers are just being able to just get in and go in a brand new place. And especially a part of the country he's not as familiar with. It's not like he's back on the porch in PA. Correct. So the, the biggest thing in, uh, in, in going to a new track is, you know, you, you just have to associate it with another track that you've been to. That's about the, the strongest the, that's about the best way to get get your feet on the ground and get running quick. Um, if you're able to say, "Oh wow, this place looks like you know Grandview Speedway," then you start with the Grandview Speedway setup and tweak it from there. Um, as far as driving it, man, it's it's uh it's interesting. It's um, um every time every lap that you're on the track, you're learning, and with the high limit kind of set up throughout the night and the the word of outlaws and the 
the all-stars or whatever kind of touring series where they do hot laps and then they go right into time trials. You, those three laps and hot laps are so critical mm-hmm. to learning where the line's going to be, how to enter, how to exit, you know, where to pick up the throttle, where to start drag and break if you have to at all. And it's just, you know, those three laps, you can't be hung up behind another car. You can't be in dirty air. And it's, you know, it's more than just, you know, making left turns it's there's so much to it and being technical that's why the guys who win you know 20 30 races a year um are able to is because they pick it up very quickly and the guys like anthony macri who are super talented he also has a great crew chief this year joe mm-hmm. Mooney. he was um he was brad's car chief for the last four years with all the championships and uh joe took a shot on himself and um got offered a crew chief position and he took it. And uh, now, you know, he still has a notebook a little bit from when he was car chiefing. So, you know, he used that and he pretty much knew what gear he needed to be on when he got there for Anthony. And, you know, it takes a little bit um, of a team uh, team effort to be fast all night. You can't just show up and be good. You know, you have to have a good group behind you too. Speaking of high limit, they have that Durst dice roll thing that they've been trying to implement where they roll the roll the two dice and whatever number you get, you go back that position, you earn an extra thousand if you're able to win from that position. Do you think that will get used any, or do you think they're going to have to change that up to make it be appealing to the driver because it hasn't worked at all in the first two races? Well, with the... Uh you got to look at your competition, right? So you're, you're racing the high limit series that has all of the good guys. Yeah. It doesn't, some of them like the outlaws do or the all-stars do or the local. If you have an opportunity to start on the front row of those things, it's hard to give up that starting spot. So like if you were to roll snake eyes and you had to go from the pole to second. Yeah. 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 I would take it. But, if you're starting any anything further back than the third or than the second row, I mean, if I were in their shoes, I wouldn't take it because, you know, at that point, you know, you just you're kind of giving up money with how hard it is to pass in these things with how good the talent level is. It's just it's it's hard to uh, hard to give up that front row spot. You know, I think Brent Mark said it best. He's like, I would consider maybe going back to the second row, but. Mm-hmm. You get to this place like Lakeside. Yeah, Gio Selzy came from, I think, 12th or 16th. But he had the... uh, He went 22nd to 2nd, I believe. um, But you had that cone restart deal, right? So, it's uh, you know, that helped him out a lot, whether it was just guessing or whatever on his part. Um, But that's rare, right? And and especially with the caliber of cars that are there and on a big track like that. Big tracks are so hard to pass because you're so aero-dependent. And if you're behind a car on a straightaway, um, if, if you um, if you don't have clean air on your wing, you're probably spinning your tires halfway down the straightaway. So you gotta, you know, you just don't have as much downforce. You can't go as fast. So until you get into lap traffic and it evens out for everybody, it's you know it's tough to pass on those big tracks. So you know, I think if you, if they get to like Kokomo or Hopstad or something, whatever, whenever their next short track is, you might see somebody go for like a third row starting spot, but it's, it's going to be, it's going to be rare. I feel. I do too. I, I feel like they might need to change it up either. I don't really see them raising the odds much more with the money wise to it, but even let's say you get a six and instead of it being 6,000, it's, 12 15,000 something like that. I I still don't know if it would really entice them just cuz it's it's just such a big risk. And I feel like something with how the numbers might have to be changed up uh to make it be worker be a viable option for those guys to take the risk for it to what do they call it the high limit room type thing. Yeah. I mean all I'm going to say is I applaud brad and and kyle and everybody else involved in the high limit uh series operation because they they're they're trying to make it different they're trying they're they're making it different trying to make it better you know whether the cone rule stays all year doesn't stay or the dice roll stays all year doesn't like it's just they're they're trying to do something different and that's the way you're gonna get noticed that's you know that's the way you're gonna make sprint car racing exciting you know um there's uh 
it's I just you know it takes a lot of a lot of uh, a lot of gusto on their part to do what they're doing, and I applaud them for it. I do too. I've enjoyed it so far. I feel like over the season and into the future seasons, they're gonna become more separated and make it feel like more of like a big show broadcast wise and presentation of how they do it. Uh, it just felt like uh, personally from like the home broadcast for uh, the first show, I didn't get to see 34 as much as I did Lakeside. I had uh, two of my friends that were at Lakeside uh, getting some coverage for me, getting some videos. Uh, and they said it just felt like a normal show. Like they didn't have a bunch of banners and stuff like that. And I feel like that stuff, they're just going to keep working on and evolve. And like you're saying, they're just trying new stuff. They're going to throw stuff at the wall and not all of it's going to stick. I really think the choose cone is something they need to keep. Uh, I, I enjoy it from a fan perspective. I'm not too sure how the drivers feel about it or, or the teams. Uh, but I feel like if they keep the cone, I, w- I would w- like to see that be high limit only. I, I feel like it's fine keeping it out of other series, but I would like to see it in one certified, one series only. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I mean, I've talked to a few of the drivers who've done it, and they pretty much – you know, it's not like in NASCAR you have your spotter who's counting how many guys are in row one or on the low lane and how many are in the high lane. And there's a certain number that you hit that if you hear that number, you go to the opposite lane. Um, but with the sprint car, there are no two-way radios. You have no communication with your team. The only communication you have is with the tower. So all the drivers who I've talked to, pretty much, unless you're up front and can actually count quickly, um, other than that, you're pretty much just, you know, left, right, opposite of the guy in front of you because you don't want to follow him. You don't want to give the next guy two, you know, two rows. So mm-hmm. um, it's it's kind of an offensive and defensive move at that point because you just there's there's too much guessing to it, you know. Yeah. Uh, besides uh, the win at Sumter a few weeks ago, what would you say is probably one of your favorite or funniest memories in racing all these years? Um, oh man, I don't know. There's, there's a lot of stuff. I mean, being, being, uh, Eric Pretzman, he's a crew chief on the 49 car for Brad. Um, in 2018, I think I was there with Casey for the Knoxville nationals and, uh, we were fast in qualifying, but just didn't do well through the rest of the night. And, uh, he had to do the hard knocks night, but I think he had to race in Michigan that week. Mm-hmm. So, back and got the car ready and he just he just asked if i could help out the 49 guys and because they they were already having a decent week and i was like sure so ended up you know putting a 49 crew shirt on and was part of their deal and uh seeing one of my best friends win the knoxville nationals as crew chief just it's the coolest thing in the world i mean being a part of that whole celebration in victory lane um going to i mean going to turn three and four afterwards and waking up at, you know, going to the campground and then, you know, getting breakfast at Mr. C's. And I mean, just the whole experience, it's just, it's hard to beat winning the Knoxville Nationals. There's no other feeling like it. Like, yeah, I still tell my wife and she still jokes about it too. You know, my favorite, my, uh, my favorite day in my life is being a part of the Knoxville Nationals win. And my second favorite was marrying her. (laughs) because that's just something you work so hard for and um and just to be a small part of that evening was just huge and it's uh it's something that i still have a picture on my toolbox at work uh with it just because i'll never forget it um but doing that and then uh man uh, we had a couple nights at uh up at in uh, california hanging out at rico's family vineyard and uh there's some stories that can't be talked about oh about. no it was uh there's never dull dull time when you get rick warner and rico abreu and steve kinzer involved so it was uh there's some fun times for sure steve was there too and, oh, gosh i want i really want to know about and i really want to know more but i just know you won't because i i just can't even imagine how legendary these stories are rico's one of my favorite people in sprint car racing in general just his personality who he is how he, how he races uh i was really heartbroken for him at lakeside a few weeks ago when he had that tire tire go down with uh six seven to go that ended up giving geo the win but uh going from that 
Uh, I know Bill, we were probably just talking about it, but if you had to pick one race to or one track to make it to in the seat, what racetrack would that be? Like a dream track to actually race yourself at? Oh man, I have a list of five. (laughs) (laughs) I like, uh, oh man, I mean, I would, I, I don't know, there's so many cool tracks in the country. I don't know. That's a tough one. I, I like the, uh, I feel like I'm fairly good when it's smooth and slick and fast for like a Port Royal kind of sense, but I've raced there. So I guess take that off. But, um, but I also like the small bull ring, you know, elbows up kind of racing too. So I don't know. I, I honestly, I'd probably, I'd probably put bulls gap there. Um, oh, that's a good answer. <laughs> that, uh, probably that's probably right up to the top there, you know, where I'd want to, try to run at um yeah I'd, I'd probably i'd probably settle on that answer i'd like to see carolina sprint tour or some series get over to bulls gap that'd be really interesting i know they're getting to tennessee this year in a smoky mountain but that'd really be cool with that banking just how the momentum is there it i have to make it there i'm sad i wasn't able to make it up there during all the xr super series stuff they had going on with the late models but that's a really unique answer. I don't think I was expecting that. I was expecting you to say maybe some one of them Indiana tracks or some track in California. I wasn't expecting that as an answer. That that's pretty cool. It's, it's uh I mean if you watch late model races there, they it's always racy as all get out and I just I don't know. I've seen a bunch of tracks and I've seen how similar tracks race and I think I think Bulls Gap is just so unique that, you know, I've never seen any kind of racing like it. So I just want to be a part of it, you know. Mm-hmm. If you had to pick one event for like just a fan to get to have to experience that environment and that racetrack, what event is it? And why is it Knoxville nationals? Um, because it's the greatest racing. <laughs> it's, um, uh, you know, Eldora has some really cool races, but, um, man, the racing there is just really, really tough to get into. Um, it's, uh, Back in the day, and like I don't want to say back in the day, but in like 2011, 12, 13, when you know he used to put a super aggressive setup in the car, and there used to be a cushion, and um, you'd have to be plugged into the cushion to go fast. Like that was cool, but now it's like it's kind of like roll through the middle, or it's I don't know. But Knoxville National, man, like the atmosphere there is just—it's literally a city in the middle of nowhere that is all about sprint car racing there's sprint car statues in the town there's a museum obviously there's a bar across the street from the racetrack that is all about sprint car racing that shows sprint car racing throughout the day even when they're not racing just they show just old sprint car races there there's uh uh checkered flags and and um everything down the streets as you're walking around it's just there's, I don't know. That's that's such an amazing, an amazing event and to be at. I had uh, one of my crew guys that works on my sprint car went to it two years ago, and he said it was phenomenal. Just glad he was able to check it off his bucket list. It's definitely on my bucket list. I, me and my boys, we've been planning to make a trip to Knoxville. Almost, almost getting tickets. Almost ready to go. And then an Eldora Million will pop up. <laughs> Last year it was the late model million. Then this year we're like, okay, we'll do Knoxville. And then Sprint Car Million came up later than well, did the year before. So yeah. I'll be I'll be at Eldora for the Sprint Car Million. I love the Eldora atmosphere, but I just can't even imagine what Knoxville's like. And hopefully I'll get there in 2024. Uh, but yeah, uh, I just love those crazy environments where it just it's all about the racing. It's all about the event. You're there for a huge. It feels like a big party as well. Uh, I would love to get to Knoxville. I'm not planning to. Yeah, the uh, the highlights of Knoxville. I mean, I'm sure I'm missing quite a bit. But if you go to Knoxville, you got to obviously do the dingus there across the street after a race night. Um, you got to uh, got got to hit uh, slideways down the down the street from the racetrack. Um, uh, turn four after the after the ding is closed down you go out there turn four and turn three and four and they have a little little get together of fans and drivers and crew members um during the Knoxville nationals in the barn there they usually have some concerts and stuff going on after the races and um there's parade there's i mean just so much stuff it's just 
Yeah, there's if you're bored in Knoxville, you're not a sprint car fan. Sure sounds like it, it. I think Knoxville is top on my bucket list, especially after you just telling me even more than I already expected or was anticipated about eventually getting there. But uh, before we get out of here, do you have anybody you want to thank uh, helps on your sprint car just or in general helps you out get to the track when you're able to? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, first and foremost, I got to uh, I got to thank the Carolina Sprint Tour for uh, just being here um if it wasn't for them i wouldn't be racing because i just i i don't get my jollies off watching stock cars i worked on worked on some dirt late models and some enduro stuff and some street stock stock stuff and it's just it's too much like work to me i mean i'll probably get a lot of grief for it for saying that but i just if it wasn't for the carolina sprint tour i wouldn't be owning a race car at this point. So I got to thank Sean Vardell and Andy Staff and everybody involved for all they do because, you know, it's, it's fun. It's fun racing a sprint car. It's, it's just up engine and a rear and tires and go. So um, got to thank them. Um, I got a big list of sponsors. Um, not all of them are monetary. A lot of them are technical support um, or, you know, uh, marketing support of sorts. But uh, CTC Construction, um, that he's he, I worked for him for years. I grew up racing on working on his car, dirt modified at New Egypt. Um, I told him I was going sprint car racing. He wanted to jump on board and help me out. Cause he's just a great person. Uh, CJY Solutions LLC, they're a uh, um, we'll call it a uh, consulting firm up in New Jersey and Pennsylvania. Uh, DB3 Incorporated. Uh, Dave Byro does a lot of. Uh, photography and imagery and media for different race teams throughout the sprint car world works. I love his work. He works for Toyota right now. He's, he's a great supporter of mine. Texts me all the time. He's, he's a great guy. Um, SWS chassis, uh, makes model sprint cars. You got to check them out. They're pretty cool. Um, SWS chassis.com or find them on Facebook or Instagram. They, uh, he, it's actually Justin glass. He works on my sprint car. Um, and he takes parts of my car home with him and he, uh, he scales them down and puts them, makes new products for his scale cars. And, uh, it's, it's pretty cool to see it come to life. He sends me some, shows me some videos of what he does. It's pretty fun. Um, uh, JE fabricating up in Pennsylvania. He does, uh, water jet and, um, or not water jet. He does, he has a laser, does some machine work and, and does a lot of pulling tractor stuff. Um, Darren Pittman now owns ultra shield race products, him and his wife, Mandy. Um, I, uh, I was fine with my seat, but I ended up buying one of their seats just to support them because I know their passion behind being safe and making the best product that they can, um, to keep the, the racer safe, um, give them a check or check them out. They, uh, um, they got some pretty sweet seat belts right now called armor belts and, um, some nice seats, obviously, and tear off. So, um, give them a look. And then, uh, SRI Performance here in Mooresville, they, they, uh, helped me out a little bit. And, uh, if it weren't for them, you know, definitely won't be able to buy the brake clean and such that I need. Mm-hmm. Uh, McGee Racing Injection. I have a, a brand new injection that was created a couple of years ago. Um, finally got it running on its top, obviously, at Sumter, and it's, it's, it's going really well. So Phil McGee at uh, McGee Racing Cams and uh, Shane Marzoff at Fusion Graphics for making the car look so damn good. And uh, Chris Moss at Moss Racing Engines for making it run the way it does. And uh, my cousin, cousin Jessica with Robbins Ranch out in uh, Exeter, California, um, sponsored us a little bit this year. So we got to give a shout out to her, too. Awesome, George. Uh, it's Really cool to hear you have all your sponsors from people you've got to know over the years from back home, California, here where you're at, based in the Carolinas now. And, and it's been awesome getting to know more about you, learn more about your story and how you grew up in racing. And uh, congrats on the win at Sumter. And uh, thanks for coming on the show. Yeah, uh, one more thing, if you don't mind. I got Go for to, it. to thank my crew, uh, Max Hot, Amy, Justin Glass, Eric Bonham, and my dad, Ken Laux, uh, my mom, Dee. Lauk, she uh between her and my dad they they support me a lot and help me out quite a bit and uh you know as far you know we use my dad's truck to tow the vehicle and we keep the fuel at their place because i don't really have place to keep the fuel here 
Um, my mom's super supportive at almost every race she's at. She's got a pink hat on, so I can find her in the in the stands. And um, obviously, my wife for putting up with all the hours in the shop that I do. And uh, we just had a little baby girl here in uh, January. She's uh, she's she's a lucky charm. Her first race she went to, she uh, we won, so she's not allowed to skip another one. Nope. Uh, but uh, between all those people, my Uncle Bob helps me out a little bit when it comes to, like, the engine stuff here and there. But uh, between all those people and, and KKR, um, those guys are still open door. You know, I go in there whenever I whenever I can and just say hi and hang out and learn. Um, I sell parts for all the local sprint car guys as well. Um, I sell parts for Casey Gain Racing and for um, Alex Bowman Racing. Uh, just to keep try to keep the car parts local because there's so many good parts that I just don't want to leave the area. Mm -hmm. uh, but between those guys and um, we're trying to early, early, early stages, but we're trying to put something together to run the Chili Bowl next year. So if anybody is interested in a 65 Mustang that was rotisserie built a few years ago, uh, reach out to me on Finally Racing on Facebook or uh, – you find me personally on Facebook under George Laux. That's L-O-U-X. And uh, we can talk about it because uh, we have a few. Our, our deal on our team on our with my crew is we just want to have fun. We don't want to get caught up, you know, having to go somewhere. We want to we want to check off some cool things in life. And we want to, you know, race the Chili Bowl one time. And even though we might get to the I-Main, who cares? We race the Chili Bowl. We want to go run a non-wing sprint car again and with 360 in it we want to put a 410 in the car and go race a couple race tracks here and there and just just have fun and experience life because you only get one life to live so we just want to do a bunch of things and you know have fun doing it and drink some cold beers after and talk about the next race we're going to go to you know that's amazing well if you end up getting to the chili bowl i'll send you a do on dirt sticker to throw on there and i will be rooting for you uh, probably at home i don't see myself making it to oklahoma in january even though i'd love to and everybody tells me i need to get to chili bowl I, that that's another one on my bucket list but uh don't worry even if i'm at home watching a flow or whatever i will be rooting for you in the end main <laughs> absolutely absolutely i i mean i just i have people tell me it's crazy but i don't care like i said there's I've been all around the country and I've seen some cool racetracks, but one I haven't seen is the uh, Tulsa Expo Center. So we got to try and knock that one out, you know? Well, George, I hope to see you in a couple of weeks at one of the Carolina Sprint Tour races, or uh, I'll see you before the end of the year. And uh, thanks for coming on the podcast. I really appreciate it. Absolutely. And like I said, uh, anyone listening, go to, uh, go to Facebook, look up Finally Racing, and uh, give us a like, give us a follow. We try to do some fun little videos on there, do some reels, and, uh, Try and give our sponsors some promotion and, you know, support those who support racers. Awesome, George. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. I hope you guys enjoyed the interview with George. It was good to talk to him, learn, learn a little bit more about his background and what went on that win the other weekend at Sumter Speedway. We're going to get into some results that happened this past weekend. I'm saying go ahead and go over Lawrence County. It was my first time making a trip out there. It's only about like an hour, 10 minutes for me, which it's about closer than uh, almost all tracks besides like it's about the same distance as Lancaster. Uh, it's a little bit longer than Sumter, and it's definitely shorter than East Lincoln, Cherokee, Lakeview, all the other ones you can think of. Carolina as well. Carolina's about an hour and a half. And uh, as you can tell, it's a little echoey. I am in the I am a new apartment. This is going to be the new Doomwich HQ, getting that all set up and moved into over the next couple of weeks, get my girlfriend here in a few weeks. That's going to be awesome. I'm really excited, just uh, pretty busy, and uh, just thanks for just hanging on with it. The posts are a little bit slowed down, uh, but I'm not going nowhere. I'm still here, running every week. I'm enjoying everything with Doomwich and all the racing in the Carolinas, and uh including last weekend's Red Eubanks Memorial. That was at Lawrence County. 4,000 a win for the Thunder Bombers, and I will get into that in a minute. I'll go over the other features. They only got four features in. That was the 602s, the Thunder Bomber Futures, Thunder Bombers, and the four-cylinder. The rest of them got rained out. It just started pouring right after the 602 feature that ran ended up being last for the night, and so they're going to be running double, double – Features for the cadet class, pure stock, and front-wheel drive. 
And for the young guns, I saw if they get more, depending on how many entries they have, will up the money. I think if they end up having over 10 or 12 cars, uh, you can see on Lauren's Facebook page, if they get over 10 or 12, they will, it'll be 500 win, which is good for a young guns class. It's really good to get some money in these kids in their parents' pockets to be able to get to the chart next time or spend on whatever they want to. But I'm going to go over these results for... 602 late models is Brad Rachel's 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 uh, he ended up getting that win over Bear McDowell and Luke Cooper and Dale Timms in the Thunder Bomber Futures it was Daniel Overstreet in the win over Coleman Sizemore Trenton Jameson fourth in four cylinder it was Ronnie Johnson getting the win over TJ Teal Ricky Rule and Joe Jump I like all those names. Those were <laughs> Ricky Rule. That, that sounds like a dude down in Miami in like the mid-2000s, like a DJ. <laughs> Joe Jump, that sounds like a 90s DJ, DJ to me. TJ Teal, that's definitely like a 2010. I get to see him just wearing like a hat that says swag. I don't know. I don't know none of these guys, but that's pretty funny. And Thunder Bomber for 4,000, they had 16 cars. Run through the field with some of the names I know. 15th, Dustin Morris. 14th, Bradley Davis. 13th, Charlie Meanders. 12th, Tyler Geis. 11th was Justin Wren. 10th, Benji Knight. 9th, Madison Hoots. 8th, Colton Gilbert. 7th, Grant Burton. 6th, Casey Lawson. 5th, Christopher Patterson. <coughs> Excuse me. Damn. Philip Wilson. 4th, Dylan Chapel. 3rd, Travis Jameson. And then Luke Doggett got the win. And so I'm just going to go in and give you my detailed analysis and if you've seen the video you've seen the video go find it on the doomer socials it has i think it has going on 50, 50 to sixty thousand views over facebook instagram and tiktok twitter uh so luke doggett starts on the pole benji knight and his 12x gets past luke in the beginning and then benji he just starts cruising and uh luke gets back to his bumper benji ends up going across his nose and turn three and four benji gets spun in front of the field Benji gets put to the back of the field. Even though they ran multiple pace laps, acting like they're going to give Benji back second, which was really stupid. He didn't blend there or anything. So Benji, here he comes, passing three, four cars, first corner, another one or two, three and four the first lap. I believe it was the second or third lap. He runs up on the Madison Hoots, who's in the 47. I can't think of who is the owner of that. It looks like a Thunderbird car, but I am not too sure. Don't hold me to that. I know it's not his 41. So Benji runs Madison up into the wall a little bit, kind of just dirty slide job. I'm not, I'm not going to really say dirty, but just not a great slide job, not a smart move, puts him up in the wall, and so Madison gets pissed. Now, these guys have had history in the, in the past, and if you pay attention to the Thunder Bomber division in the Carolinas, you know they have history. So Madison chases him down the backstretch, just goes straight diving into the corner, closes rear bumper. Massing goes into the wall sideways. He ends up flipping over one time, landing back on his wheels. Benji gets turned around. I think he ended up saving. It might, might have got wrecked with another car. And uh, what's his name? Travis Jameson? Trenton Jameson? What was his name? I know it's one of the Jamesons. Travis Jameson's, uh, Jameson. He ended up getting sideways. Uh, got up in the wall a little bit, but he's... Still tried to fight Luke Doggett for the win. Luke Doggett got the uh, got the victory. And so Madison and Benji, they were done for the night. And after Trent and them, they were pissed off. Uh, Luke, they were happy. And so Trent ended up protesting for a bunch of rear end assembly and a bunch of things, especially the rear and rear gear, that type of thing. And then Luke back protested. Obviously, he, he's going to try to even out and it all just nothing really happened i believe i believe luke passed it if there end up even being it or if trenton didn't accept the back protest like i've seen happen before with certain people i know but very entertaining situation from somebody chilling in the back seat of a truck or not back seat like and chilling in a lawn chair in the bed of a truck on the back stretch my first time at lauren's left a fun entertaining memory for me uh enjoyed it i'm not gonna say it was best racing ever it was definitely entertaining um shit they're just yarding each other they're just throwing stupid slide jobs they were i just it, it's an entertaining form of racing it's not sustainable it's not something you could do every week 
you're going to piss everybody off. Everybody's going to junk their stuff and nobody's going to be able to race. But overall racing didn't didn't really disappoint. Uh, I could tell that track's mostly high side dominant with the banking they got in one and two. It's definitely the Darlington of dirt. I'm definitely going to be up there later in the year for possibly a Clash or a Carolina Sprint Tour race. Uh, I know Clash will be there May 20th. I will not be there for that. I'll be out of town. I'll be in Florida for that. But I think I'm getting up there. When's CST going to be up there? August 19th, I believe. Don't hold me to it. I think it's the same weekend as the Ultimate Race at Rome. But shout out to Rome, getting back open and doing really well. And speaking of people that run that stuff, the SEDRA is going to be running at Sonoya Raceway this weekend for the first time ever. It's going to be the Peach Pit 50 ran by uh, Kelly Carlton, all his people is going to have all the all the hot shots there. The Andrew Smiths, the Wyndhams, the Gibsons, the Walker, uh, Brandon, what's his name? Uh, not Gibson, uh, Brandon Dalton, Kale Deese, uh, everybody else in the series, um, uh, the McGrews, um, unfortunately not um, Shannon Barnwell. He's still uh, getting his hand, his ring finger taken care of. Uh, his wife has been keeping good updates on the Barnhill Racing Facebook page if you want to keep up with him. But still prayers up to him. Uh, still not out of it yet. There's still a chance of uh, partial amputation, stuff like that. But uh, just keep George and – or not not George. Keep Shannon and his family in your prayers. Uh, I hope he's going to see his ass back on the track. Run with them boys. He's really good, especially in the Carolinas. Good people, like I said last week. But let's get into, like I was saying a minute ago, SEDRA is going to be at the Peach Pit 50, 40, 40. For SEDRA 5001, that's where the five came from. And it is going to be, I'm trying to think of a car count. 50-ish, 50, 45, 50, if I had to guess. Uh, great show they're going to put on there. Keep up Paul Clayton, PNN. He will have all the updates through the weekend. I'll be reposting some of his stuff. He goes to all those big shows. He's been all over the place this year. And he's funny as shit. He really is. Uh, a couple of our buddies have been on the XR All Gas No Breaks podcast over the past week or two. Paul, he was at he was on All Gas No Breaks at the beginning of last week after he was at Talladega with some tech droop rule type stuff that happened going over that and how his weekend went and then our good old buddy will richard from cherokee chatter he does social media for a bunch of other things and stuff i'm working with uh cool to hear him on there kind of give a response to some of the stuff said about cherokee a few weeks ago and just uh how hard and how much progress they've been making over at the place your mom warned you about and like always go listen to cherokee chatter if you want more in-depth about more in-depth information about cherokee but as we're talking about Cherokee, let's go hop over and get to their results. I don't think anybody got the $100 bonus for the Crown VIX, but I definitely see that being something they're going to do. I believe Josh Mountain said there was only a few cars at Cherokee before the Tornado the Tornado group. His group of people with like their 10 Crown VIX came rolling in. I believe they had like 13, 14 cars. We'll see that in just a second. MRP is being a little slow. But shout out MRP, we still MRP, we still love you. Six oh four late models is Brian Mullis, which I uh, think I saw this his first time back since March Madness. Pierce Stock with the second one of the year was Justin Wyatt. Renegade Sportsman was Brandon Kennard. Thunder Bomber was Hunter fin uh, Hunter Fender. I literally just said the last name a minute ago. Hunter Thunderberg. Extreme Four was won by Chris Meadows. Young Gun V eight was Landon Davis. He had seven cars there, good for them. Pro 4, 19 entries, and they had a decent field at East Lincoln as well. Dustin Brolin there. Let's see some other names we know. Uh, buddy of the Instagram page, Brandon Henson. Jacob Kinder was there. Cody Barber, who won at uh, – he's won at Carolina a few times this year already, I think, but he was there finishing 6th. Bradley Weaver, 11th. Mason Pugh, 10th. Randy Weaver, 12th. Pretty good field. Solid field. Uh, we'll go over East Lincoln's Pro 4 results and what happened there. We'll go over what happened with our boy, Cody. Let's get back to these winner summary. And then Crown Vic V8 was won by Casey Talgan and a whole group from... I'm just going to name the people that's not in the Tornado group. Um, 
because I, I know all the little towns are from like Mooresboro, Boiling Springs, Rutherford County. I'm going to try to get a good rough estimate. Okay, let's go through this. Casey Tell, Mark Chandler. Yeah, I think it was only those two before Tornado Group came in. They had 11 cars. Uh, shout out to Tornado Group. They're running the Crown Vic Division right now. Uh, I, I was talking with a couple people at Lawrence that they're just going to start doing to, so much to the Crown Vic Division. Like They're probably going to start putting street stock bodies and stuff on them, and at least front noses. I, I feel like it's going to get ridiculous, but I feel like they just need to put out a fully stock. I know fully stock's hard to enforce and hard to do. A fully, fully stock as best you can stock appearing, whatever you got to do. Crown Vic, like touring series. I, I like to see some of these people put that together. And even if it's someone like a Josh Mountain, which I don't think that'd be something he'd probably go into. I don't really know the guy, but wouldn't surprise me if something like that was happening in the next five years or already be going in well in the next five years. Let's hop over to East Lincoln to look at their results. East Lincoln had the 602 open wheel modifieds joining them last week. Also, they had a power wheels race for the kids. They do that pretty often. They do it pretty weak. They also do like the candy drops where they have all the cars on like the first division of the night go along the front stretch and uh, just do like a meet and greet. That, that's some cool stuff. I, I've been there helping out with Cody when they've done that. It's pretty, pretty cool. Well, surprise, and Renegades, Paul Visage picked himself up another victory. Open Wheel Modifieds was Billy Thompson. There's three guys here at the bottom of the stat sheet that got disqualified. And I'm pretty sure I saw a video on Snapchat of them all rolling around in the dirt, throwing punches and fighting. <laughs> and it is those three guys. It was Jesse Troutman, Ronnie Cooey, and Travis Covey. Covey, Covey. Uh, still, I don't if I... If you want videos of the races from East Lincoln, go to Brooke Sigmon, S-I-G-M-O-N, on YouTube. She has all the videos. I still need to go back and watch that open wheel modified race. Pro 4 was won by Danny Danny Henning, got the win over Cody. Cody, he was flat gone. Uh, the lap car of, I don't remember who the lap car was, but... Cody uh, tried to throw throw under him going into three, get past the lap car, put the lap car in between him and Danny. And dude just blocked up Cody. Cody just kept running the rear end of him. Uh, Danny just went around the outside, passed him, gone. People flipping off Cody when it happened. Cody tried to cut. He was pissed off getting held up and getting passed for a lead, almost wrecked the guy. Uh, dude flipping him off in the infield. Got to love it. Uh, Cody's uh, he's building some haters. He's got a good fan base there too. I always support Cody and his stuff. But after looking at Pro Four Thunder Bombers, Alex DiPietro won himself another victory, and Matt Cooley and Justin Tripp won their heats. Front wheel drive was Alan Wyatt. Powder Puff Samantha White got herself. I think it's her fourth victory of the year. And then Alex DiPietro doubled up and won in Pure Stock V8. And then Pure Stock V6, uh, this is the first time running this year. Greg Hunt got that one. Good for him, I guess. Uh, Terry Fisher, who does a lot of the stuff on social media for East Lincoln on their Facebook group. And that he got th – he's in a 28 car. He had a three good range looking car they had out there on display because it was Dale Earnhardt's birthday. Shout out to the shout out to one of the goods in NASCAR and uh, also Dirt Racer in his early days, Dale. Love you, Dale. Um – yeah, and that's all the results for the weekend. Real quick, let's get through what we got coming up. It's going to be the weekend of May 5th and 6th. Like we talked about earlier, Carolina Sprint Tour is going to be making their first trip to Traveler's Rest Speedway. We're also going to be having a weekly show at Carolina Speedway. Hopefully they don't get rained out for, I believe their third time this year getting rained out. Then the 6th, we got a weekly show at East Lincoln and Cherokee. And then we have Ultimate at Lancaster Motor Speedway. Hopefully, they're going to get their season opener. And finally, I feel bad for them. Uh, talked about last week, May 6th is going to be Lancaster. May 13th is going to be the makeup for Lakeview. That's supposed to be April 8th. And also, like I said earlier, the SEDRA Peach Pit 50, uh, 40, why do I keep saying 50, for 5,000 is going to be at Sonoya. And keep up with Paul Clayton and all of them for the updates. And after that, next week, besides weekly shows, it's just Lakeview, Lakeview for Ultimate. But yeah, racing is in full swing. 
Uh, I'm really happy. If you have any suggestions for Do It's Driver of the Day or want to get yourself something off the Do It Spring store, please just go take a look. Send me a message for the suggestions. Shout out to Greg Beasley. He's been sending me a bunch of suggestions. And I, I need to get some of those posted to Facebook because I, I this week, since I knew it was going to be busy, I had them scheduled. And it doesn't tra- when you post them to Instagram, it doesn't schedule to Facebook as well. But I'll get those updated. Shout out to all the doing drivers today. Shout out to all this last week's winners. And shout out to you for making to the end of this episode. And before I skipped over, do it spring store. You find yourself a t-shirt, a hoodie, crew neck, sticker, anything you like. Use the code rainy for 10% off because we got rained out like a month ago. I got to change that. I'll get around to that. But hope you guys have a great week. Uh, thanks so much for listening. Don't forget to follow Do Much On Dirt on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. Uh, I hope you guys have a good week. See ya. And I will see you at Lancaster, hopefully, and possibly Traveler's Rest. Peace.